Everybody ready today? Let's get out our Bibles and go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being in us. Lord, you've given us life. You've given us your very all. You've given us your everything. Lord, we lay ourselves down, submit our hearts and lives to you today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who is our teacher. He is our guide. Lord, teach us what we don't understand. Show us what we don't see today. That we might walk closely with you and fulfill your plan and live in the victory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Last week, we began a new series of messages that I have entitled, All In. All In. How many know that's different from Part In? (laughs) All In. We began discussing the value and need of commitment in our lives. How many understand that there's just a certain amount of things in life that you'll never truly be successful in without making a commitment to it up front. And, and, and without us understanding the, the value and the need for commitment, we never will do it. But again, our success in certain areas is dependent upon our willingness to commit to various things that we do. And especially this, is, this plays out in relationship to our walk with God and being engaged in the, the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and the mission that He has given for us to accomplish. As a local body of Christ to do something great for God, there are some necessary requirements that have to do with being fully engaged, being all in, being committed to what God has called us to do. And I'm not going to commit to everything in life. You might ask me to do something, I might say no. Hopefully, if some people ask you to do some things, hopefully you'll say no to some of them. (laughs) But when you do say yes, that ought to mean something pretty serious. It ought to be that you are in it, you know, lock, stock, and barrel. And, uh, and, uh, And it really makes a difference when a person will commit to something to that level. Our success in certain areas is most definitely dependent upon our willingness to commit to it. Uh, this is not just a feeling, again, kind of reviewing a little bit. This is not just a feeling of affection towards someone or something, but a concrete decision to throw all in towards it, okay? Again, many people feel warm and fuzzy about the Lord. Many people have this, uh, they say, I, I, you know, I, I love the Lord. But it's a whole nother thing to say, Everything, all the time, all that I am, I have laid my life down. You know, it's one thing to sing it. It's easy to sing the song, especially when everyone else is singing. And the music is good and, the, you know, the lights are dim so you can hide. You can just sing out. But it's a whole other thing to actually make that kind of all-in commitment. Some people have, it seems, um, put their right foot in and their right foot out. And they put their right foot in, they shake it all about. But how many know we all need to get to this part of the song where we put our, anybody know? We put our whole self in, <laughs> right? When it comes to living for God, I think, I think, again, many people, they do put their foot in. You know, they put their arm in. 
they'll put different parts of themselves in. But like we shared with you last week, that's really not how this relationship with God was designed to work. All right? Christianity does not work when you put part of yourself in. It's frustrating. It's not fulfilling. It's not successful. It's difficult. But when a person puts their whole self in, then all of a sudden, God's power goes to work. All of a sudden, His grace shows up on the scene to enable, to strengthen, to cause His ability to be your ability. And you're able to do this. Amen. And uh, I think there's some things we're, we need to be willing to throw ourselves fully into in life. And most definitely, uh, our walk, relationship, our commitment to the Lord is numero uno in that list. All right. Psalm 37 and verse 5 is where we started. It says, Commit yourself to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Again, notice the connection. God moves when we commit. God brings things to pass, His will, His plan. He fulfills, if you read the previous verses, your heart's desire. But it is contingent upon a commitment being made to Him. If I'm only going part way with Him, I can only access part of Him. I can only access a little bit of his ability, of, his, uh, of, of the manifestation of, uh, of what he wants to do in my life. But if I'll throw all in, come on now, then God begins to work. God begins to do something. Back up now to the 15th chapter. Psalm 15. And uh, I just want to pull out half a verse here. And you might notice, you know, if you look at the first part of the chapter... You know, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill. It's talking about some good qualities. Look at the latter part of verse 4. It says, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. That's called a pretty serious commitment right there. What is very common among the non-committed, among those who aren't willing to throw all in... Is, is that they will do something until it hurts. They'll be involved. They'll give their word to someone or they'll commit to a, uh, some type of mission, some type of you know, worthy task until it hurts. And if it starts hurting, then they're out. But the quality of person that God can use, the quality of person that God can... Um, really make successful are the ones that no matter what comes, like people say sometimes, hell or high water, they are going to stick with it. They're going to stay. They're going to do and finish what they said they would do in whatever situation we're talking about. Okay? Say, well, what about this hurt stuff? I thought we were like a faith church. I don't believe in this hurt. (laughs) Some things in life hurt. (laughs) They do. And, And if you think about it, If we didn't know that going in, we really wouldn't have to make a commitment. Right? I mean, that's why a commitment's necessary. Because we know sometimes there's pain involved. In other words, I may not want to do it after a while. I may not want to finish this out. And therefore, I make a commitment up front that obligates me to what I have deemed worthy of making that commitment. Therefore, when it gets hard, when it gets tough, it's too late. Come on now. You, you all remember the, when Jesus taught about the guy who built his house on the, 
sand and the guy who built his house on the rock and the guy who built it on the rock was the one who heard the sayings of Jesus and did them and, and, and you know the guy who built the house on the sand you know the storm came and took the thing away and of course the other was able to stand in the middle of the storm why would someone build their house upon rock I mean you would you would think that's a little bit more difficult to build your house on a rock you've got blasting involved <laughs> right you've got to get in that foundation it'd be a lot easier well, let's just put it right here on the sand. You know, you can move it with your hand. Right? But, but, why, but why would someone build their house on the rock? It's only because they know about the storm. It's only because they know the power of the storm. That if I don't do something a little bit more, it has the ability to take my house away. You know, a wise person now concerning Anything they do for God, their relationship, or anything they, they, they get involved with recognizes before going in, there is the potential. It's not about, having, it's not about being negative or being in unbelief, but there is a potential that I will want to stop doing what I'm about to do before I'm finished doing what I'm about to do. And because that potential exists... For whatever reason, we live in a mean, cruel world. <laughs> there is a big, bad, ugly devil out there to hate your guts. There are people that you know that will <laughs> try to give you trouble. Whatever it might be, we know the potential, and therefore, we make, we dig deeper. In our context here, we make a commitment to it. Now, the storm comes. People talk. It gets, there's a challenge. But it doesn't matter. I've thrown myself fully into this, and I'm not going to be moved because it gets hard. I'm not going to be pushed away from this because of a challenge. Or You know what I'm talking about here. There is such value in making a commitment to things, not to everything, but to things that are worthy of that commitment. Okay? Now, let's look at Genesis chapter 11. True commitment doesn't change in the face of hurt. It's, it's kind of like, have you ever gotten involved with a sport? Maybe some of you in high school and some of you when you used to be in high school, maybe you've gotten involved with a sport. Let's, let's just say football. Uh, for you guys who played football, how many know there's, there can be a little bit of trepidation going early on because, you know, the end of summer when it's, depending on what part of the country you lived in, uh, it's a million degrees in August, and they want to have two-a-days. And uh, you know going in, this could hurt. <laughs> you know, and just all the practices and all. But when you make a commitment, it helps you stick, stick out through that. But if you don't make the commitment to do it, then uh, you're, you're likely to uh, back out when it gets challenging. When the coach gets in your face, face and yells at you and, and different things like that. A, a commitment is necessary. And um, anyway, those who float through life without making very specific, worthy commitments do not accomplish very much. Okay, but those who seek out, they pray, they prepare, then give themselves wholly to worthy endeavors... They're going to eat the fruit of it. Man, they're going to share in the reward of making that commitment. In Genesis 11, this is the story, verse 1, of the Tower of Babel. Notice with me, now the whole earth 
had one language and one speech. Now, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> These guys totally messed this up. They hadn't done this. We'd all be speaking the same language. Anyway, verse 2, And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks. Notice, notice the language here. Then they, they, said to one another. Well, who said it? Well, they did. They all did, I guess. They said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. Notice, what, notice what's happening. They got together and they had this discussion. Say, let's make bricks. Notice they didn't, it didn't say, some of them said, let's make bricks. And some of them said, no, let's not do bricks. Let's do rocks. And some said, let's use lumber. And some said, no. They all said, let's make bricks. Is that vital? Is that important to a group of people ever getting something done? If one part of the group is saying, let's do bricks. And the other part saying, let's do rocks. They're not going to get anywhere. That's kind of like a tug of war. You're tugging back and forth. Tug of wars don't cover very much ground. Right? Eventually, eventually somebody wins, but they only move, move a few feet. But think about if you're all going in the same direction. You can move something. You can get something done. Uh, verse, verse 4, And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city. Who said that? Us. Usans. They said, let us build ourselves a city and, and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Okay, so they had a plan. They were working together. They were in agreement. They said, let's do this thing. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they have... And they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, uh, now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city, and therefore the, this call... Babel, because they sounded like babbling when they talked to each other. All right. Now, um, it's interesting to me here that this, what, what they were doing was not the plan of God, right? Sometimes people think that if something's not the will of God, it won't happen. <laughs> well, that's not right. That's not right. The Lord had to specifically intervene here in a pretty dramatic and permanent way. It's called, this is where races began. This is where the different groups separated, and then people started looking different and talking different, and it all started right here. Because they had a plan that was separate and distinct um, from the Lord's plan. He wanted them to spread out. They said, no, we're staying here. We're building a big honking tower that we can see from anywhere. And the Lord said, you're right, you're going to. Right? He said, these guys can do this. They can get this done. 
And sometimes people say, well, you know, if it's the Lord's will, it's just going to happen. If it's, the Lord's, it's not the Lord's will, it's not going to happen. Well, that's not true. He told them, say, what about if someone wanted to, like, build a church? If someone wanted to build a church, if God's not in it, it's not going to work, right? Huh? I know some churches that are very ungodly. They're anti-God. <laughs> they are. We live in an area where there's a, uh, there's, there, there's a belief system that is one of the most bizarre things when you, when you get into it. And the further you get, the more bizarre it is. I mean, wild beliefs. God's not in it, but yet it's built. Hmm. Why, why am I saying this? There is something amazingly powerful about people committing to something. That even outside of the blessing of God, outside of the leading of the Lord, outside of God specifically providing for that task, it will happen when people come together and make a commitment to do something. This shows the potential of what God put in us as human beings. He, this shows the potential of something amazing that can happen. And then what if you add God's will? Which we don't want to add. We want to start with. But, but think about it. You add God saying, I will be with you. And I will provide for you. And I will strengthen you. And I will give you everything you need. And then you have the natural ability of what God put in the human race. To be builders. To be those who accomplish things that last. You've got that that is inherent within us. Within our DNA as, as human beings. It's, part, it's from God. But it's in us even outside of a relationship with God. That's why you see stuff built all over the planet. And then God gets involved. Oh, my. I tell you what, good things can happen. But they'll never happen outside of people being fully committed. Outside of people saying, yeah, let's do it. We're in this thing together. We're going to get this thing done. Because people start going, people start saying different things. They start speaking different language. They start going different directions. And instantly, whatever project, whatever task, whatever mission a group was in, it's disbanded. And it'll no longer flourish and prosper. Say, oh me, if you can't. Say, amen. Anybody with me today? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 10. When we are focused on the same thing, speaking the same language, and are committed to building something great, we can't be stopped. The only way that God could stop them was simply to confuse their language. Let me ask you this. You think the devil knows this truth? We know from the experience with Jesus in the wilderness and the whole temptation thing, we know that the devil reads the Bible. <laughs> Unfortunately, more than some Christians. <laughs> Remember he used the word against Jesus? All right. Does the devil know this principle of people getting together for a common focus, goal, and task and being committed to one another, being committed to a, a plan and a mission? 
Does he know that? Absolutely he does. So what's his full-time assignment? If he wants to try to stop the church, which Jesus said the gates of hell won't prevail against it. But if he wants to try to stop the church, that's what he's going to go after. He's going to try to get one person saying one thing. He saw how God disrupted their plans. He had them, he messed up their language. And he's going to try to do the same thing. Get one person saying one thing. Get another person saying something different. Get another person saying different. And if you can rally a few around you, you can even get different pockets and different groups. And we'll all go in circles and never accomplish anything great. Right? In 1 Corinthians 10... Uh, did I say 10? I meant to say 1. But I want to include a 10. Just move the 0 to the left. No, move it to the right from what I did say. That's what I'm saying now. Come on, are we, are we all divided over this or what? <laughs> Just following you <laughs> into confusion. 1 Corinthians 1. Verse 10, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment, all right? This was a church in the early days of, of the church, uh, the church at Corinth, that was basically fussing with each other. They were carnal and they would bicker about this and this. And one would say, I'm a this. I'm, I got baptized by this person. And I got baptized by this person. And, and, and all this nonsense. And I don't know if you ever think that way. Sometimes I do when I hear about when, when people are just so strongly committed. And it sounds like the wrong message to say that. But... <laughs> So strongly committed to a particular brand of Christianity. And I don't, I don't disvalue the commitment to a group or, a, or, a, or something of that nature. But I'm a faith person. I'm a grace person. I'm a name a denomination person. I'm a prophetic person. I'm a whatever, you know. People have, you know, they got your Joshua generation and you got your this generation and this. And everyone wants to add something on to just being a Christian. What are you? I'm just forgiven. I'm saved. I'm in a relationship with God. You know what I'm talking about? And I know what some of those things do. And sometimes they, whatever, it helps us to understand what someone's talking about. I always want to be just a child of God before and first and foremost and above any relationship with a particular group. Doesn't negate the value of being a part of a group. That's important. Okay. But first and foremost, I'm not life church, Ian. Ism. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? First and foremost, I'm just, I belong to the Lord. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. I've been saved. And I have that in common with whatever ism and, 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 every, and you know what I'm talking about? And ist and everything else out there. Just saved. You don't sound too excited about this. You, you better or I'm going to stay on it. <laughs> we'll be here a while. <laughs> Amen. Um, 
in their situation, of course, they were divided, but he, he told them, he said, I want you to say the same thing. I want you to speak the same thing. Make sure that in your church, the church at Corinth, uh, he would say that the same word would be true to us today. Make sure that you're all saying the same thing. Well, what if someone thinks different? Well, just don't say it. I guess. You mean I can't say it? What there needs to be is singleness of purpose. What there needs to be is singleness of focus. That's the only time a group gets something done. But when there is division, when people are committed to different uh, tasks, different things, opposing things, then we get the tug of war going on. I was um, having, uh, I told some of you about this before, but I was having dinner a couple years ago when Keith Moore was here, and we were, we were chatting at dinner about good things, things of God. And while we were sitting there, uh, he started saying something that really got my attention. And he was talking about how when they were renovating for their new building and they had a timeline and it was real crunched and they had all kinds of people in their church uh, just working night and day to meet their deadline to get this place ready to go. And people were in there and, uh, and he, said, uh, he said, I was going around, thought I was being a good pastor. He said, I was going around to people who were doing various things, thanking them for for what they were doing and he said and the Lord dealt with me I, I forget exactly how he said the Lord spoke to me the Lord dealt with me and said stop thanking him <laughs> and I thought that's an interesting word it really got my attention but in a good way I thought I want to hear this because that seems like that's what you're supposed to do and, and that's what he thought and the Lord dealt with him about that and said stop that he said they're not doing this for you And what we know, I think we know if asked, that we are supposed to do everything we do as unto the Lord, right? Even if I'm doing, if I'm doing something for you, ultimately I should be doing it as unto the Lord. I, I, I should be serving the Lord. Um, however, there's another principle that, that is in play here as well. And this is where I think that many times we have trained people to be, uh, we, ha we have trained people to not take ownership of what should be theirs. If, if, if my kids clean the house, which would be a miracle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they do every Saturday. Uh, if my kids clean the house, I don't tell them thank you. Why? Well, it's because it's their house. If you come to my house and clean, I'm going to say, thank you. Because <laughs> you did something for me specifically. You, uh, but if, if, if I clean the house, Amy doesn't say or would say, thank you. Or you know what I'm talking about. I, 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 don't, I don't go over to my neighbor's house or, or a friend's house. I, I wouldn't go over to Pastor Neil's house if I see him out there mowing the lawn and go, you know, thank you so much for mowing this lawn. Well, well, why? Well, that's his lawn. Why would I thank him? 
I might say, good job. <laughs> I might say, you are highly skilled. You're welcome at my house anytime. <laughs> you know, I, 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 might, I, I might communicate a lot of positive things, but if something belongs to a person, there should be a natural, I'm taking care of that. I'm going to put my life into it. Does that make sense? And, and what, 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 what is a hindrance, I believe, many times in the churches of God, not the denomination like the churches of God, I'm talking, the churches, churches, is people feel like they're doing something for the leader. I'm just doing this for that person. Maybe the pastor, maybe the, the leader over a particular area of a church. I'm doing it for them. Well, really, we should be doing things for the Lord first and foremost. That'll change the level at which we do it. <laughs> but secondly, if a person is a part of something, then they're really doing it for themselves. If someone mows the lawn at church, whose lawn did they mow? Let me ask you, whose lawn did they mow? Huh? You're basically saying the same thing. <laughs> Ours, mine, theirs. Yeah, that's your lawn. Whose chair are you sitting in? Your chair. And my chair. In other words, this is really important that we have an, a proper understanding that we are to be connected to a degree that we take ownership. It's always interesting from a leadership standpoint when you watch a person transition from saying your church to saying my church. <laughs> when people come in, they, they say, I think you guys ought to, I'm thinking, you're not even with us yet. I think, you know, what, what, you know they, they use the language your church. I want to get them past that because I can't really, we can't really do anything together if you think it's my church or if I just think it's your church and yours alone. You know what I'm saying? But when we come together and say, my church, our church, this is something that God has placed us in and we are on a mission together, get ready. Because here, too often, people just attend something. There's a difference in, in attending and, do, you know, getting something out of it. Not mean they're not kind and nice and respectful. But there's a difference when a person, see where we're going now? Where a person has a different level of commitment. It's not just a right foot in. It's the whole self in. This is now mine. So if anything needs to be done, I'm in the family. This is my house. This is my ministry. This is what, this is what God has joined me to. What needs to take place? Think about what can, be, what can be accomplished with a group of people that have that kind of mindset. Instead of feeling like, man, nobody, they didn't even say thank you for mowing your own lawn. <laughs> for cleaning your own house. All right, it's getting quiet here. Does that mean we don't appreciate each other? Of course not. Absolutely. We should appreciate each other from top to bottom. I mean, the gift of God that we see in each other, the willingness to serve, that the fact that we're there for, oh man, I, I appreciate big time, you know. Doesn't mean we shouldn't be complimentary towards each other and, and commending a job well done. 
But ultimately, we should understand, God is going to take care of us. I'm talking about he's, he, he is not unfaithful to forget our labor of love which we have shown towards His name. And there is reward coming on the other end of the... I believe in, you know, we know this, in this life and in the life to come. He's taking care of us. But we've got to have a different mindset. Instead of being on the outside, sticking your hand in and helping out a little bit, go ahead and come on in. Go ahead and join us and say, let's make bricks. Let us make bricks. Let's build this thing to the heavens. And the thing is, God's on our side. He's not going to come in and confuse our language. The enemy will try. He'll try to get in there and mess up, mess with us. But no, no, this is my house. You're not coming in. Mr. Devil is who I'm talking to. This, this is my house. I'm not, not going to let anyone uh, bad talk my house or anyone in my house. Why? Because we're family. I don't want anyone, I'm uh, not letting anyone, anyone come against you. Why? Family. Hmm. Not just friends. Blood relatives. It's a whole another level of living, of gathering together that I believe is really necessary. Okay? And so, if something's yours, take care of it. Let me finish with this. Three commitments. Three commitments that we should make. Number one, every one of us should make a commitment to the Lord. This is a personal commitment. This is all our heart, all our life, committed to His plan. Lord, I want Your will for my life. I want You to use me, whatever You say. I, you know, it's just a personal. This is not a, again, this is not a right foot in, left foot in. This is my commitment to the Lord, this is more important than any commitment I ever make concerning anything else in life. It is my commitment that says, Lord, I am with you. I am not just going to see you one day. Today, I am a part of your kingdom. I am a part of your, your, your body, what's called the body of Christ. I am in your family. Never leaving, never going to even consider it. Lord, I'm all yours. Everything I have, everything I am, I'm all in. That's a first, and that's an important, and that's the most important commitment that we make. Number two, number two, we should make a commitment to the right people. I could just say to people, but I want to clarify, not to everybody. <laughs> I'm not committing myself to everybody. Jesus, that was true with his ministry too. He said he, that he wouldn't commit himself to people because he knew what was in them. <laughs> And I'm not going to commit myself to everybody, but I am going to be committed to the right people. And I know this, that God will make divine connections within His family. There are other parts of the body of Christ that I might be, you know, in one sense, in a very real sense, we're all family. They can be on the other side of the planet, all right? But I'm not necessarily going to make a practical commitment to them because God hasn't joined me with them in a direct way. But the Lord will lead you into relationships that are of Him. He will direct you into certain relationships that He ordained. And when you recognize a God-ordained, appointed, assigned relationship from heaven, you commit to that. You commit to people. And committing to people... That's risky business. That's where the hurt scripture comes in. 
whenever you make a commitment to a person, uh, very likely that person's going to do something that hurts at some point in the future. But that's, again, why the commitment's necessary. We commit to people, and then we can stick it through. We can hang there through the thick and the thin. All right? So who is the Lord called to lead His people? Who has the Lord connected you to? And there always should be that right commitment there. And then number three, number three, we should make a commitment to a God-ordained ministry. We should make a commitment to a God-ordained ministry. You might even say, I almost want to use the word mission there as well. In other words, something that God's hand is upon, something that He is doing in the earth, I need to be connected to something that He has established. Okay? Um, and obviously one of those things is a local church. It's not the only thing that God's doing. Uh, there are other, uh, and you can, be in, you can be connected to more than one mission or ministry. But too many times people are not fully connected to anything. They're committed to the Lord, I guess. They may make a commitment to people, at least a spouse. Uh, but being fully committed to something, some mission, some assignment that God has given escapes many people. They're committed to their own success. They're committed to their own well-being. They're committed to putting in certain hours at a job to bring livelihood to themselves. And too many times people miss out on something that's really necessary for God's work to be accomplished and established in their life and around them is committing not to everything, not to everything that's happening, but committing to at least something, a ministry, a mission that God has ordained, that He has put His stamp on. And they say, I am going to be in this. I'm going to make it my own. I'm going to back this. I'm going to do whatever I have in my ability to make this go and sustain it. That is something that everyone should have. Amen. Are you saying everyone should be involved in Life Church? Well, they should, but no. I, I'm saying if it's not here, it should be somewhere else. This is not the only thing God's doing. But it should be somewhere for everybody. There should be something bigger than you. Well, I believe God has a plan for my life. He does. But His plan for your life is always going to intersect with someone else's life. His plan for you is always going to be a part of something else. Some will rise to different levels of leadership within His plan. But God wants everyone to be a part of something like the Tower of Babel, but godly. Something that He is building through people coming together and saying, I'm in on this. You need bricks? Where's the mud? Hmm. You need some? Where, where's it at? Because I'm in this. I'm going to do this. I got some extra bricks at my house. I'll have them here tomorrow. Because we're doing this thing. We're going to build this baby. Come on now. And again, uh, am I saying that it's just about this work? No. But everyone should be involved in some work. And I'm not just talking left foot in, right foot. I'm talking to something. We give, our, we give all of ourselves to it and saying, this thing's going to go if I have anything to do with it. 
This thing's going to fulfill God's perfect and best plan if I have anything to do with it. Because I think too many times people get, um, they get to the end because they're always praying about, I'm not sure if this is it. I don't know if this is it. This is pretty good, but I don't like this part of it. And uh, I like this over here pretty good, but there's this one thing there that I don't like there. And they go through life and looking for everything to be perfect and everything to be, you know, just as they envision. And then all of a sudden they're at the end of their life and they never poured themselves into anything. I don't want to meet one of the cool angel dudes. And when we start talking about my life, he says, now, you didn't really just, did you spend like all your time and all your money and stuff just like on food? And like vacations and like your house and which part of the vineyard were you in? You know, which, what part of God's assignment did you throw yourself completely into? Well, you know, I was praying about that. And, uh, and I started to, to go in with this particular group. But you know what happened there. I mean, they, got, they did some stupid things. And, and, and so, you know what I'm saying here? It's necessary. That we find something. We pray, seek. I'm not talking about doing things with our eyes closed. But when we determine something is of God, it's worthy of our life's effort. Our time, our resources, our prayer, our blood, sweat, and tears. We realize, man, this thing is eternal. This is God. At the end of all this, I'm going to be glad that I put myself into something that made a difference from in eternity. And we figure this out, we find out what it is, and we say, now I'm all in. Will there ever be, que- ever be thoughts like, oh, I'm not sure if I should have done that. Yeah, there'll be pain. <laughs> yeah, there'll be hurt once in a while. But at least we're not going to waste our lives away. Waste our lives away just doing natural stuff. Well, did you see my portfolio? Well, big whoop-de-doo. Big whoop-de-doo about how many things we gathered up. Because that's all temporary. Amen. And what we do is not just about doing something. Some people say, everybody just do something. No, I'm really, my conviction is I don't want to just do anything. Just do something. I want to do the right thing. I want to connect to the right people. I want to do the right what's my part how many bricks am I supposed to make you know what I'm talking about and then give myself fully to it I don't believe any of us will will regret that amen I believe God's preparing us to do greater things absolutely is sometimes it's just a little shift in our thinking a little shift I'm not talking to a bunch of people who don't love God I'm talking about for the most part I don't know where everyone's at, but I'm talking about people who love God and have some, de- some degree of commitment to the Lord. But I think sometimes just a little shift and all of a sudden, phew, we take off. Man, just tweaking things a little bit and all of a sudden we can do more than ever before. God is so good. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love you. We, we worship you and thank you for your faithfulness working in our hearts, working in our lives, doing amazing, amazing things. For your glory. Father I thank you that as you work in us. 
our abilities are multiplied. Lord, as you, as you speak to us, we gain focus. We gain direction. We can be very precise. And we can walk step by step, one with another. Not pulling against, not going in opposite directions, but moving together. Lord, thank you for working this out in us. Helping us to rise up to a place of excellence, a place of usefulness. A place where we can be glad that we're all in. Lord, thank you for touching our hearts. You've touched us. There is the spark of God in our hearts. It's the reason we gather. It's the reason we know each other. It's the reason we're here. You've touched our hearts. And Lord, we respond favorably towards this now. Lord, have your will and have your way. Be may it be accomplished in us. We're not going to sit back and watch it happen, but Lord, we're going to be involved in it happening. We are a part of your great plan. And so thank you, Lord, for working in us today. You're doing an amazing thing in us now. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name.